Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't. The conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is Jess Frey, a single mom to a teenage son who works for the county at the local DSS, primarily with the homeless population. She has her own online clothing boutique and recently started her own podcast in June of 2022 called Unapologetically Overcoming. It discusses topics that usually have a negative stigma associated with them. Her hope is that by talking about such topics, people will see that they too can overcome difficult situations and hopefully the stigmas can be eliminated. Jess herself has been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder. She's been a victim of domestic violence and has gone through other traumatic experiences, but has been able to overcome them and has found happiness. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with friends and family, going to concerts and traveling. She's also an advocate ally for racial, social justice, and human rights. That bio sounds pretty similar to this show. Thank you so much for being here and doing all that you do and standing for what you stand for and being so open about it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We are doing this because it is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week, but these are conversations that we should be having all the time because people, you know, shouldn't have to suffer in silence and struggle with things that so, so many deal with. Absolutely. What prompted you, made you want to kind of be out there and make noise and talk about things that most don't? So it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, when I talk about it, um, last year after the Super Bowl, um, <laughs> there the halftime show. Um, everybody was talking about the halftime show, and Fifty Cent came out, and I saw so many posts on social media about his weight gain, and lots of people were like laughing, and you know the jokes were funny and and all of that. But then there were other people who were posting like 50 cent um won't see your post that you're making about his weight gain but you know who will you know your cousin your aunt your best friend listed all these people who suffer with weight and eating issues and food and all of that stuff and those posts really resonated with me having you know been someone who has dealt with that sort of thing so I kind of decided to make my own post and I was very vulnerable and I've never really made a post like that on social media before, but I shared a lot of information about myself. One thing being my struggles with food and eating disorder and all of that. And the response that I got from that was overwhelming in a sense, because I was just expecting maybe a few people to like, like the post. Um, but Lots of people, you know, thanked me for being open and for sharing and for being vulnerable. And it really made me want to talk more about not just that, but all of the things that, you know, people might not be so willing to talk about because they're scared of the reaction they're going to get from other people. 
I'm so glad we connected. I love that the Super Bowl halftime show prompted this because <laughs> in the same way, like I, I was writing my blog during seeing social media comments about people doing the same thing about Rihanna this year. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, what is happening right now? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Um, <laughs> and it is so true. And people don't think about what they're saying, who's around, what other people are dealing with and what people silently deal with or react to. And I talked on Monday's episode about a client who I, his, who's beautiful, but underweight and no one would know the comments that she always had to hear, like eat a cheeseburger, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and it's just amazing that people don't think about what others go through. And we really do hear it everywhere. Yeah, we do. And, you know, I've, I've heard comments like that before too. And I've even had people say to me, well, you're not fat. So why do you have an eating disorder? And I'm like, what, what? <laughs> like, no, don't say things like that. So, you know, it's so important to have these conversations just to make people aware you know what I mean? Sometimes lots of people don't, they don't think before they speak. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. Like we've all said things that maybe after it's come out of our mouths, we've been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But you know, the more that we talk about these things and make people aware, hopefully they will be more conscious of the things that are coming out of their mouths. And even parents who, you know, have kids with two different body types, where it isn't even dieting or unhealthy relationships with food, but you have kids who are going to naturally compare and no matter what you do, will never, ever be able to look like the other. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I think to comparison in general is, is dangerous because even, I mean, not to keep going back to social media, but that's like where so much of life takes place these days that it's hard not to compare yourself to other people, but it's so important to remember that no matter what happens, you're never going to be like anybody else, whether it's how you look, how you act, how you talk, how you, you know, anything. Um, so it's important to, to recognize that and remember that, you know, and and when you're instilling things like that in your children too, to understand that everybody is different and being different is what makes everybody awesome and amazing and beautiful. I have not ever really talked about this uh, on a show, let alone at all, but I'm a tomboy. I grew up with mostly guy friends. I have a brother I'm, I'm like daddy's girl. But mm -hmm. what about the fact that girls go through developing? And we hear things, right? Mm -hmm. Like guys whistle, guys make comments. Mm -hmm. And for me, it wasn't gradual. It was not slow development. I really went from being small to having a large chest. Mm -hmm. And I was not okay with that. I was not comfortable in my body. I didn't like it. And I was always one of the guys and around the guys and just hearing those things. And even if they weren't talking to me or making comments to me, I was hearing them talk to each other about other girls. Yeah. 
Yeah. And even that, you know, you can get in your own head when you hear things like that, because then it makes you wonder yourself like, oh, you know, do I need to be more like this or not like that? And, and, you know, you can go down a rabbit hole when that happens. And, and there's, I'm sure, I'm sure there's more than two schools of thought on this, but like, I never liked having a big chest. I didn't Mm -hmm. enjoy it. I'm short. It made me see my body differently and it happened so quickly. So for Mm -hmm. me, there was this, um, I could not see my body accurately. Yeah. Uh, So to me, a big chest meant a big body. Mm -hmm. And so I don't care if you have a big chest, you know, but for me, I really, really struggled and I had a breast reduction that, that was like my own choice. And I have friends who had implants Yeah, and, 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 you know, there are many, many people who see a big chest as beautiful for me on my own body. It it's not, I don't Mm -hmm. see others with a big chest as unattractive, right? But we have to go through that journey ourselves, And we're surrounded by men making comments, just like we're surrounded by people talking about food. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And it's so hard to get away from it because it's literally everywhere, like everywhere. Right. Foods everywhere, billboards, magazines, and then the comments that we're not letting people know, even if somebody isn't being derogatory, we're not letting people know this can impact a young girl's development. This can affect what she chooses to eat and how she chooses to eat and can be a path towards an eating disorder. Yeah, absolutely. What did that look like for you? What what are clues and triggers and things that people need to know? For me, the big thing that I think people don't understand, we all know that if people do not eat at all, we know and we're taught what anorexia and bulimia look like. Mm -hmm. We are not taught that hiding food and sneaking and eating secretively can be a very big problem. And I see that all the time with clients. And I have people tell me years down the road that this is what they did and they never told anyone. Uh, And I think that that's a conversation that needs to be happening at home, in schools, Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, I was diagnosed officially with an eating disorder about 10 years ago. And it happened, I think there were triggers and signs and things that were going on before that, but I didn't recognize it as such until it got to the point where I was like binging and purging. And when it reached that point, Thankfully, I was aware enough where I reached out to my doctor and I was like, listen, this is what's going on. Like, help me. What what can we do to fix this? Um, And he actually wanted to send me like inpatient to a hospital. And I was like, hold on a second. I was a single mom. Um, My son was small at the time. He was like three or four. So I was like, there's no possible way I can go be hospitalized somewhere to deal with this. Um, and I also, you know, I had 
depression, severe anxiety. So there was, I mean, there was a lot going on, um, but it was a, a lot about the control for me. There were so many other things in my life that were like just going haywire. And I think that was the one thing I felt like I had control over as messed up as that sounds. But the purging for me was like, I could get rid of, you know, get rid of things that, and it was under my control. I think many, many people who are dealing with an eating disorder believe that if you get help, you have to go inpatient. You have mm -hmm. to be forced to eat. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't work that way. Yeah. And, you know, did, so did you, did you get a say, did you say, you know, I'm not ready to do it that way? Yeah. I mean, my doctor is awesome. He's always been awesome. Um, so I was able to tell him like, that's not an option for me right now. So um, he ended up sending me, I went to a dietitian and a nutritionist mm -hmm. and they both, they both did different things. Um, the Dietitian was more along the lines of like, um, I don't want to use the word meal plan, but it kind of was along those lines, like mapping out what I would be eating and how much I would be eating, like that sort of stuff. And then the nutritionist was more along the lines of like triggers and how I was feeling and, and other stuff like that. And I actually still see the nutritionist to this day. Um, I go see her like every three months just to check in. Um, and it, therapy also has helped. Um, years ago, I was kind of in and out of therapy because I couldn't find someone that like I meshed well with. Um, the therapist that I've been seeing now, I've been seeing for probably almost three years now. Um, and she's awesome. So it's been, there's been a lot of components to me being able to deal with it um, and just being aware of all of the things that impact it um, are important too. I love that you're saying all of these things. They work together. The wrong mm -hmm. therapist doesn't work. The yep. right therapist absolutely does. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be dishonest and say I've never had to put someone inpatient. I uh -huh. have. I hated having to do it, but it was at that point, life and death. And, yeah. uh, she's alive and, and, you know, <laughs> she would That's say, awesome. you know, right. Like she's alive and she is doing well. So I believe that she would say thank you. And maybe, maybe she'll, she'll come on one day and do that. Um, yeah. there are people who do force food. I don't work that way. The people mm -hmm. I work with don't work that way. And uh -huh. so I want people listening who, maybe know on some level that they need help, but are afraid that it looks a certain way to know that there are people who will help you find help that works for you. Yeah. Um, you know, life and death, you, you need, you need to live. Uh, but yeah. beyond that, we want to do it in a way that works for you. So I want people to hear that and know that, um, that, it, that there are certainly people who do it in ways that might not work for you, but there are people who will do it your way. Yeah. And that's so important because, you know, 
just because something works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for somebody else. And, and again, that it's so important for people to hear that because somebody might think because they tried something one way and it didn't work, that that's it. And there's no hope for them. So I think being able to kind of remind people and reinforce that, you know, just because it didn't work like this for you, doesn't mean you have to give up. Like you can try this or you can try that, like being aware of all the different options that are out there, it's so important for people to hear. And something that didn't work a few years ago might work later on down the road. You know, exactly. life is funny that way. And I, when you hear the words like dietitian and nutritionist, again, I, I always think we all could benefit from that in life once you understand what it is and how that looks. Mm -hmm. Like diet Coke, diet is horrible for you. And right. I, you know, millions of people didn't know that years ago. And so it is not telling you, you have to have this at eight, 10, 12, four, and six. Right. It is finding out what you like and what you don't and giving you the control and letting you do it your way. At mm -hmm. least if you work with me or people who work in that way, if you want someone to create a plan that tells you what to do every hour of the day, then there are people who will do it that way as well. It yeah. just, it doesn't have to be what you're afraid of. And yeah. if you have this idea in your head and you don't ask questions and look into it, you, you won't find out that there are other ways. So I love that you mentioned that you didn't find the right person right away. And now you have that person. And I love that. Uh, how has it affected others in your life? Oh. You know, for a long time, I didn't really talk about my eating disorder. And so people didn't know, um, obviously, because I wasn't talking about it. But there would be times when people would make comments or like if I if I tried to share about it, there would be those comments like, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning about like, oh, you're not you're not fat. How do you have an eating disorder? So I think now it's affecting people differently because I, I talk more openly about it, but I also try to kind of educate them as well about like why comments to other people about their weight can be harmful. Um, you know, and I actually, I did an episode um, on my podcast about my eating disorder. And one of my friends afterwards sent me a text message after she, she listened to it and she like apologized to me for some of the things that she had said, which they were they weren't like hurtful intentionally, but like she didn't realize the extent of of those things and how they could affect someone, especially right. someone who's suffering with an eating disorder. Um, so comments, I think that people make and they don't realize. Um, so I try to just remind people to just be mindful of that. What can people do if they, you said that you didn't realize for a long time what was going on. You didn't recognize that you needed help. If someone sees something in a friend or loved one and they don't want to say something, but they want to help, what, what, what can they do without, without being intrusive or, you know, overstepping? Um... I mean, personally, if it was me 
and I saw that in someone, I think I would use my own experience as like an opening to try to have a conversation with somebody um, and maybe just say something like, you know, I know what it's like to struggle with food or weight or body image or that sort of things. And, you know, maybe just something as simple as I'm here if you need to talk. Um, obviously, I think that might be a little more difficult for somebody who's not experiencing it or had experienced it in the past because, you know, they don't necessarily understand it like someone who's been through it does. So I think it's a little trickier for somebody who's never been through it to kind of offer support. But I mean, there's resources out there. So I think anybody who would like to kind of have a toolkit can get information to kind of have, you know, have it on hand if they needed it to encourage someone to talk about it or maybe get help or explore things if they needed to. Someone reached out to me yesterday after seeing my post and was saying, I'm here if you ever need to talk. Mm -hmm. um, I saw that you posted something about an eating disorder, if you ever need someone. And I think they were concerned about me and I responded and, and said something. And then it turns out they needed someone to talk to. You just never yeah. know. You never know what anyone's going through. And so even if it makes you a little defensive. Like, you know, I didn't say something's wrong with me. Right. Why, you know, why, why do they think I'm talking about me instead of say, you know, if you can just, you know, say I'm here, if you ever need to talk also, uh -huh. they immediately, you know, immediately floodgates open and, and you hear something different. So it's, it's just very interesting to yeah, it wasn't the response I was expecting. I, I really, <laughs> truly, I, I was kind of taken aback. And then I thought about it, like, I shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that could go for almost any situation, you know, okay. because being there for people is so important because sometimes somebody just needs someone to listen. Like they might not need you to give them any advice or guidance like they really might just need to get things off their chest so just just being there for people sometimes is all they need absolutely outside of being mindful and watching comments are there any other no-nos any things people should absolutely not do um I mean those would probably be the big the big things um you know, I mean, I just think sometimes about comment, like even my family sometimes, even still to this day, knowing what, you know, what I've been through, they still will make comments about like, if I go back for seconds and, you know, like they're, they're joking about it, but I can recognize that they're joking about it. So I don't let it bother me, but someone else who may not be like in the space where I'm at, that could really be damaging to you know, their recovery and where they're at and everything. So I, I really do think the main thing is to just be mindful of the things that you say to people about food and about weight, because it really can be triggering. And like, I know everybody always says like, you're not responsible for other people's feelings and, and all of that, but being kind really goes a long way. So, and I think being mindful goes hand in hand with being kind. It's so true. I'm a vegetarian and I, I get so many 
playful comments mm -hmm. um, about, you know, just have some meat or, you know, but people really, if I was sensitive, mm -hmm. it could, it goes too far. Like it, yeah. it, really, it, I just, I can picture someone else really, you know, either losing it and getting angry or losing it and crying. Um, yeah. And I'm just so used to it. And I think the other thing too, is like, if you hear people making comments like that, maybe just say something yourself. Like, I don't know what exactly you could say, but just something along the lines of, you know, I don't know how to word it, but like, just that it's maybe not appropriate to make comments like that, or, you know, that's another great point. Like, let's go all the way back to being kids and seeing something happen that's wrong. And when we're mm -hmm. kids, maybe we, you know, we don't want to be the only one, but I always have been the one who didn't care and will speak up mm -hmm. and be that voice. And we know right from wrong. We yeah. know when it's gone too far and we can just say enough guys, come on, give it yeah. a rest. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes there might be situations where you don't actually know that enough is enough. So it, it takes someone pointing it out to you to be like, oh, wait, you're right. Because like, you know, the example of my friend who listened to my episode about eating disorders and, you know, she needed to hear that in order to recognize that maybe some of the things she had said before could have been harmful. So sometimes people do just need you to point things out and give them a little reminder and a little redirection. Even if it's innocent comments, when it is six, seven, eight, nine, ten people again, and there's just one person, even if it's everybody loves the color red and one person doesn't, there's power in numbers. And yep. if it's that innocent, it can feel like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I like red? So yeah. if we're talking about something so, so innocent, like we know okay, you guys, enough. Like there's nine of us. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't all have to like Brad guys. <laughs> like it's that simple. And I think yeah. we do know on a basic human level, I was in a situation like in elementary school, middle school, high school, and I could look and see the look on someone's face. And I could be the one to say, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like right, nobody's going to hit me. Nobody's going to. And if they do, I would be the one to take it. So there has to be someone else in situations. And as adults, we certainly can be the one to take it. Yes, definitely. Am I forgetting anything important? What else can we use this week? I keep asking people, just say, did you know it's National Eating Disorders Awareness Week? Like, because people don't. And, and, and years yeah. down the road, we can do more. Right now, I feel like even just raising the amount of people who know that it's happening is a, is progress. Yeah, I think I think that's a good piece of information and advice. Um, you know, I, I would just say, like you said, talk about it. Um, I like I told you earlier when we were talking, I've been posting on social media um, every day this week with facts about, you know, diagnosing eating disorders, places you can go for help, you know, all of the things, um, because the more information that's out there, the more people are going to see it, they're going to be more aware. And, you know, they can recognize maybe things in themselves, things in their friends and their family members, um, all of that, I just, you know, and 
I think too, not even just this week, like you said, you know, I mean, I share things occasionally when it's not National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, just so people are aware. I mean, I think we really just need to talk about things. And if you're sitting there going, you know, sometimes I really am hard on myself and I, I, I stretch it and I undereat, but I don't have an eating disorder. I'm I'm pretty healthy. You let's let's not worry about if you meet the criteria. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you have an unhealthy relationship with food, if you if this is striking a chord, if this resonates with you, then maybe it's time to talk to someone to get some help to say uh, I need to take better care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And unfortunately, I said this on Monday as well. This is something unlike other problems, right? Gambling or Mm -hmm. drinking or drugs. We can't just give up food. We need it in order to survive. Yeah. So we have to change our relationship and learn how to have a healthy relationship with food. And and that involves some work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where is your podcast? How can people connect with you? So my podcast right now is available on the platform Podbean. Um, and like you said, it's called Unapologetically Overcoming. Um, I do have a page on Instagram as well that is called Unapologetically underscore Overcoming. And there's also a Facebook page for it too. I love that. If you're driving, don't worry. I will put it in the show notes. Uh, are you on social platforms for like with your name or just with unapologetically overcoming? I do have social media for myself, but I mainly do like my podcasting um, stuff on the two platforms uh, under the podcast name. Perfect. Any final thoughts for everyone listening? Just be kind and be mindful. Really, those would be the two final thoughts that I have. Completely agree. Thank you so much for being so open. This is an important topic. And if you want to connect with Jess, Unapologetically Overcoming, it's in the show notes. It is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. It should always be National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. We all need to be talking about this to each other, to our friends, to our families, to our kids, because it's happening and people are struggling and we can help each other and have power in numbers and get through this together instead of suffering in silence. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Thanks for being here, Jess. And until next time, everyone, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.